let's uh, let's open here the with a word of prayer. I want to continue uh, with our marriage uh, theme. We're going to kind of wrap that up today. But uh, Father, I just ask that you would uh, be here in our midst right now as I share, and that uh, your will be done today. That hearts can be spoken to, and uh, that we can be all that we can possibly be through Christ Jesus in our marriages. And therefore, uh, our communities will benefit, our church will benefit, and we just bless you and give you praise, Father, for what you have designed in marriage and the things that you want to accomplish in each and every individual marriage within our congregation. We thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, what I really want to hone in on this morning, what I want to kind of focus on, is the idea of being being unequally yoked. I know that's a, a it could be a, more of a message maybe to people who are not married yet, or um, to uh, people who have been married and are going to be remarried. Some of those sorts of things. But I really think that there's some good uh, things for us to glean from all of this. What do these things have in common? Aluminum foil and microwaves. A Corvair engine and a Corvette. <laughs> pickles and ice cream. Does anybody like pickles and ice cream? I like pickles and ice cream, but not pickles and ice cream together. How about this one? Honesty and politics. <laughs> <laughs> what do those things all have in common? They don't go together, do they? Aluminum foil and microwaves is a disaster. A Corvair engine and a Corvette don't go together. Pickles and ice cream, honesty and politics, they, they, they don't go, for the most part, they don't go together. About a year ago, uh, it was actually in the wintertime because I got dressed in the dark, and whenever I got here to church, I realized I had on one black shoe and one brown shoe. And so, uh, while this having Sunday school, I went back home and found out I had another pair at home just like that, only the opposite feet. Um, they, they don't go together like that, do they? And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about being unequally yoked. And when people are engaged, when they're going to be really even starting the dating process, one of the things you want to find out, are you equally yoked? Now, being equally yoked does not mean that you're the same. But being having commonalities, having things that you can get along with, doing things together, and being able to be walking hand in hand in agreement on a lot of things. And there's quite a few things. I really have basically three things I want to talk about this morning that I really think are important for us to be in agreement on. But here's where I want to start out at in Deuteronomy 22 and verse 10. It says, you must not plow with an ox. This is in the, a lot of the Levitical law. You do, must not plow with an ox and a donkey harnessed together. Kind of makes common sense, doesn't it? Now, a donkey has his own personality, doesn't he? He's, his personality is different than that of the, of the oxen. You know, they, they can both pull. They can both pull weight, but they don't pull the same. They have a different attitude. They, they have different strengths. Their sizes are different. 
and they have different strides. There's different things about them. So God is saying in the Levitical law, He says, don't put the two together. Don't be unequally yoked. And I'll be talking about more of that particular Scripture, which is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, about not being unequally yoked here in just a moment. But I want us to think about this. I didn't, I didn't pre-plan, well, I did pre-plan this, but I didn't tell Jackie about this. So Jackie, stand up here. I didn't let her in on this because I wanted her, I didn't want us to have practiced this. But I want you to, to stand here. Now, you know that the same things are true with the ox and the donkey. Don't try to decide which one of us is the donkey. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, both of us can pull weight, right? Uh, we do have different attitudes. Uh, we have different strengths. Our sizes are different. And we have a different stride. But as you go through, now you just try to walk with me as if we're dancing. So let's, now let's do right, your right leg and my left leg. My right leg and your Your left right leg? leg and my left leg. We're going to, like we're. Okay, now let's turn this way. Yeah, you've got it, Ron. Yeah, let's do walk. Yeah, just going to walk. Okay, now here's what this illustration shows you. Let's just go again. That'll be interesting to know. Hey, it takes some practice, doesn't it? It does take practice. And whenever you're, you're together, you practice on having equal things where you're equally yoked, where you're, you can flow together and go in the same direction at the same pace and you get more accomplished whenever you go together. So let's go again. There we go. We did it. Yeah, we didn't knock each other down. The whole point of that is, is yes, it's going to take some practice. It's going to take some time to where you flow together. But whenever you're dating, there's not too many people in here that's dating right now, but if, whenever you're dating, those are things you need to check out. And one of the things that are, that are said is you sh- don't settle. Don't settle for just anybody because you're getting desperate or whatever the situation is. Don't get desperate and don't settle for something. Now here's the thing. What if you did settle? then you're going to have to turn all of that over to the Lord and learn how, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to walk together and to be together and to make it work. Hallelujah. Um, That's another reason why it's so important that we walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And then in verse 25, it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And it's just so wonderful whenever a couple can, can get together, and they can learn to walk together, and not get frustrated with each other, and learn to learn her weaknesses and my strengths, and she learns my weaknesses and her strengths, and we balance each other out, and we walk together in unity. What a powerful thing that that is. 
Hallelujah. Now, one of the first things that I think, one of the first areas that I believe where we should be equally yoked is in the area of salvation. And we're going to go to that scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I see this time and time again of couples marrying each other and one of them is saved and the other one is not. That, that makes your marriage extremely difficult. Can anybody attest to that? It makes it tough whenever one of you is a believer and the other one is not a believer. Why is that? It's because you're, you, you have a different worldview. You have different uh, approach to different things. You see things differently whenever you're saved than whenever you're not saved. And so one of those uh, areas that is so important for us to be equally yoked in is in our salvation. If you're dating, if you're thinking about dating, make sure if you are a believer, you're going to marry a believer. Don't settle for a non-believer because I know sometimes the mindset is this. Well, I will change them. I will get them saved. And you know, that does happen occasionally. But most of the time, it does not. And most of the time, it causes a lot of problems on the way. Now, can that work out? It can. I know couples that have, it has worked out. Uh, We've had one of our former neighbors whom she, she prayed for years for her husband. And she, she labored over him getting saved. They were unequally yoked, and it caused a lot of tension. But she prayed for 40 years for her husband. And she, she was very gentle on how she approached all those things. In fact, there's instruction that we'll read a little bit later about how that the wife is supposed to be gentle and by her, uh, by her mannerisms and by her actions, she will lead him to Christ. And that's exactly what our neighbor did. She eventually, after 40 years, she eventually led her husband to Christ. They now attend Brock's church and every time the doors are open, they are there. It's just amazing to see the transformation that's taking place in him. So yes, that can happen. But most of the time, it's going to cause division. It's going to cause tension. It's going to cause problems. So do not be unequally yoked in the area of salvation. In Romans 12 and verse 2, we all should know this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing your minds together. It's an awesome thing to renew your minds together. Jackie and I spend time reading the Word and we'll discuss the Word. Or if we hear a a podcast of someone who had a, a great message, we'll talk about that together. And we grow spiritually together. That's renewing your minds together. It's a fun way to have your marriage to operate whenever you are renewing together. Because you're both going at the same pace, you're going to the same place at the same time. And it works out real well. So, renew your minds together. And if you're in a marriage now where you're unequally yoked, then you can begin to become equally yoked. It may take a long time to get there, but it can happen. It can happen. Renew your minds together. Romans 15.5 Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And then Philippians 2, 
And verse 2 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. There's a lot of things that Jackie and I are different in, the way that we think about things, the way that we uh, approach situations. But one thing that we are like-minded in is our belief in God and our following of Jesus Christ. We are like-minded. You, uh, in fact, it, it really affects the natural. The supernatural also affects the natural. Uh, we are to the place now after 45 years that if we meet a new person, her and I together, we meet somebody new, I can tell within the first couple of minutes what she thinks of that other person. And she's the same way with me. And you, you just begin to bond. You begin to flow the same direction. You begin to have the same approach and you begin to have the same uh, mindset in all areas. And that's so good in a marriage whenever you can flow together and be like-minded. And that doesn't happen naturally. I believe that that happens supernaturally. Praise the Lord. So all of these things have been, uh, I've been talking about equally yoked in the area of salvation. Uh, within that, I don't think it's a good idea. It's not a good idea to be unequally yoked in your denomination, such as uh, Protestant and Catholic. Can that work? It most certainly can. We have couples here this morning that come from that background. It can work, but it's not the easiest. It can become a divisive thing. Uh, it's not good to not only be uh, unequally yoked in your denomination, it's not good to be unequally yoked in your religion. You know, Christians should not marry Muslims or Hindus. It just brings on problems. Uh, we had uh, a f friends of ours who had a daughter who was a, a, a good Christian gal. She married a, a, a Sikh. Sikh is part of the Muslim. It's all in that area. And they were madly in love, and uh, they moved to California, but it didn't take long for there to be extreme uh, difficulty and they wound up divorcing. It's just not a good thing to be unequally yoked in your religion. Okay, the second thing, that the first thing is don't be unequally yoked uh, spiritually in your salvation and all of that. The second thing, I don't think it's a good idea to be unequally yoked as far as liberal conservative. Liberals and conserv uh, conservatives it's just tough whenever one is a liberal and the other one is a conservative. Uh, it just makes things very, very difficult. Once again, Romans 12, 2, the renewing of your mind. Liberals think differently than conservatives. And for the most part, Christians are conservatives. And secularism is the, uh, would be the liberals. And so it's just, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not trying to be divisive here. I'm just saying this is what makes for a healthy marriage. You know, you can have two liberals who have a healthy marriage. That's good. Now, we need to be concerned about whether their, their salvation is intact or not, but their marriage can, can be... It, it's easier for their marriage to be healthy. So it's better that we have conservatives marrying conservatives, liberals marry, marrying liberals. I hope that that makes sense to you. The third area that I think is very, very important is do not be unequally yoked in the discipline of your children. How many marriages do you know that really struggle in the area of discipline? Oh man, it can, it can bring tremendous tension and pressure in a marriage whenever you don't agree on how to discipline children. 
It was something that Jackie and I always had to, had to work out because there were times whenever she was strict and I was a little more protective and there's many more times where I was more strict and she was more protective, but we learned to balance that out together. But sometimes you don't see that in marriages. One is extremely strict and never gives that up and the other one is way too easy and that doesn't work either. You've got to find middle ground there on how to raise your children, the proper way to discipline your children. And of course, there's a lot of instruction in the Word of God on how to raise your children. But there again, I've seen that many, many times in counseling people of how discipline of children being unequally yoked in that area can cause tremendous tension. Does that all make sense? You know, Abel... Uh, in the Bible, he married not only one Hittite woman, he married two of them. And of course, Abel's life was a wreck. Uh, Abraham, while they were living in Cana, he did everything he could to direct Isaac, his son, to not marry a Canaanite woman. Because that's where they were at. They were in Cana. And he did everything he could to get, her, get him to marry a Jewish girl so that the lineage of Jesus Christ would be pure. And of course, Isaac did marry a Jewish girl. Um, you know, you, there is great hope in the Word of God if you are unequally yoked. Uh, how, how can this work, work out? Or maybe uh, you have a child who is dating someone that's unequally yoked, whatever the situation might be. But you know, in 2 Timothy, it talks about, uh, Paul writes about his spiritual son, Timothy. And Timothy's mother, uh, I believe it was Lois, and his, or his mother Eunice and his, great, or his grandmother Lois were strong believers and they raised Timothy up in the admonition of the Lord. But their, uh, Timothy's father was Greek, which meant he was, he was not saved. He was not of the Christian belief. So he was of an unequally yoked family. However, Paul takes Timothy under his wings and he becomes his spiritual son. And he has him to take over two of the church plants that he had uh, established. And there's never a negative word ever said about Timothy. So there's great hope. There is wonderful things that can take place even in unequally yoked situations. Here's the verse on the instructions to wives. Wives, this is in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of fortitude. And it's, it's going to be difficult whenever you are unequally yoked to get both on the same team. But it can be done. Praise the Lord. I mentioned to you about uh, our neighbors. Now here's what I think is the most important aspect for us to be equally yoked. In Matthew 18... In verse 19 and 20, it says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This word agree, if any two of you agree, the word agree in the Greek is this. It's the word symphonia. Symphonio. And it means to agree together, to make a bargain, or to come to agreement. It's the Greek word. It's the word that we use for the word symphony. 
Now, think about that, how a symphony works. You can have someone who plays an instrument, and they play, play it with talent and ability, and they can have really nice music come from that instrument. But you add somebody else's instrument who's being played properly, and then you add another one, and you add another... And all those coming together, making a symphony, it becomes not only good music, but it can become great music. Amen? Well, that's the way that it's supposed to be in our marriage. Whenever we come together, we are in agreement, and wherever two or more agree on touching anything, it should be done to them. I don't have time to go into detail on this this morning, but there's the other verse uh, in the Old Testament where it talks about that where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put two th- uh, ten thousand to flight. Now, I'm not real good at math, but I would have thought that one would put a thousand to flight, and two would put how many to flight? 2,000 to flight. But what takes place whenever you begin to operate under the unctioning of the Holy Spirit? What begins to take place whenever you are operating under the power of God? He supernaturally does things. So whenever Jackie and I come into agreement, we not only, I can put a thousand to flight and she puts a thousand to flight. When we come together, we can put 10,000 to flight. That's the exponential anointing that is on God's Word and on God's ways. That's what takes place. And so whenever Jackie and I come into agreement over some situation with our children or our grandchildren, how many of you know demons flee? I'm telling you that. That's what happens. Whenever we speak the Word because we are in agreement, because it's what, it lines up with what God is saying, then demons have to flee. And they flee ten times more whenever we come together than what they do when we're by ourselves. And so that is the power that is in a marriage. Whenever two or more agree as touching anything, there's no greater situation here upon the earth than for two to come together and that be within the marriage. That is so powerful whenever you get on the same page about the same thing and as God directed God will do magnificent things in your life. Hallelujah. I believe that that's probably the most important key thing in a marriage that you could ask for. is for us to come into agreement that we are flowing together, that we are not unequally yoked in any way, that there's no... There's nothing that is hindering our attempt to be holy and righteous and obedient to the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's exponential power. Now here's what we're going to do here in just about five minutes. We're going to do it right now, but it should take us about five minutes. I want everybody to stand and I want us to grab hands. I don't want anyone in here to be without somebody holding your hand. And I'd like for, let's say like right here, if you'd reach around and grab Debbie's hand. Let's just kind of have a continual chain here. Now, here's, 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 what I want, here's what I'm wanting to accomplish in this. We're going to have prayer for marriages. And there's somebody on your left, may not be your immediate left, may not be your immediate right, but there's somebody who's in a marriage. And we don't know whether it's a good marriage, whether it's a bad marriage. We don't know if it's struggling or whether it's just so-so. We don't know what the situations are. It doesn't make any difference. What I want us to realize here, we've gone through this series of marriage, and I believe it's for a purpose. And I know that God here on this final morning, He wants to heal anything 
that is taking place in a marriage, whether it be minor, whether it be major. Now, what we are signifying here, I'm going to come down and join hands with you, Jackie, here in a moment. What, what we are signifying is that we are in ag- agreement. This is where two or three or more are gathered in His name. He's in the midst. And however many people are here, can you imagine how many demons are going to be f- fleeing because of us being in agreement this morning? And I really believe that there's going to be marriages healed this morning. That there's going to be, whether it be minor, whether it be major, I believe that there's going to be something transpire this morning because we are in agreement. Father, now as we have this continual chain of people holding hands one to the, ne- to the next, to the next, to the next, we are in total agreement, Lord, of Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. And I would just, as Tammy has prayed, Father, that we would come together in total unity for our marriages, that every single one of them will be healthy, that every one of them will abound in the love of Jesus Christ, that every one will prosper and be in health, even as our souls prosper. And we thank You, Lord, for healthy marriages. Wherever there is a demon who's trying to break that up, I come against that in the mighty name of Jesus. We command that demon to be gone in Jesus' name. Demons flee from every marriage within our congregation in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord, for the restoration, an immediate, supernatural restoration. And we give You the glory. For those marriages that are just so-so, Father, I would pray that that would no longer be. That they they would have a wonderful, beautiful, strong marriage in Jesus' name. Those marriages that are already strong, I thank You, Lord, for that hedge of protection to be around them the rest of the the days of their lives. That their marriage will always stay strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless You, Lord, for what You're doing even this very moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.